You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode three. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Bernard, and I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. Today, we are going to go into step two of the Impact PMO Leader Mindset Series. So if you have not listened to the first few episodes of this podcast, I would suggest that you hit the pause button now and go back and listen to the first few episodes. In episode zero, I give you a little bit of an introduction as to what you can expect in this podcast. In episode one, I talk about the current state of the PMO, what the data is telling us with respect to the PMO, and where those bright spots of hope are in what we can do with the PMO to really drive impact in our organizations. Then I prepared you for the Impact PMO Leader Mindset Framework. And in episode two, I dove into that first step in the process, that first building block, which is instilling focus. So if you have not listened to episode zero, one, or two, go back and check those episodes out first because all of this content is building on each other. Now for this Impact PMO Leader Mindset Step two, we're going to talk about measuring outcomes instead of outputs. And if you would like to download the additional resource that I have that goes with this, make sure to head over to pmostrategies.com forward slash zero zero three. On that page, you will find a written version of the content for this podcast, as well as a downloadable resource that you can use as your guide and checklist as you are implementing the techniques that I'm going to go through today. That website is pmostrategies.com forward slash zero zero three. All right, now let's dive into measuring outcomes versus outputs. So what does that mean exactly? I believe it is time for us as project managers and PMO leaders to redefine success for our PMO and for our projects. Impact PMO leaders understand that measuring progress is not sufficient. We've got to know that we have actually achieved the intended outcomes in a way that is driving high impact for all of our projects and programs. Today, so many PMO leaders define their success by the success of their projects, but that really is only part of our success story for the PMO as a whole, and we may not even be telling that part quite right. There's a difference between the success of your projects and the impact the PMO is making overall for the organization, depending on the capabilities and services that the PMO delivers. There's a lot going on here with PMO leaders defining success through their projects, but then also even how they're defining success with projects probably could use some work. Often the success of the PMO is being determined by how much work is happening, how busy everybody is, how many people you have, how much money is being spent, or how much overall progress is being made. And we confuse progress with outcomes and assume that just because we are busy, just because we are making progress towards creating deliverables or outputs, that we're successful. And that's not always the case. Progress and busy does not equal 
impact. The goal is to figure out how to be productive in getting to those outcomes, not just how fast we're moving and creating outputs. So I believe we need to look at redefining success in terms of the impact that we are making with our PMO and with our projects and the impact we actually achieve with the work that we're doing. We also need to develop metrics unique to the PMO as a whole that track PMO impact separate from project delivery. Project success and failure is one component of PMO success but doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. Frankly, we spend a lot of time talking about all the things we're creating, all the things we're doing, and we don't really take the time to connect our PMO to the outcomes the organization is trying to achieve, that strategy the organization is trying to deliver. And that's why so many PMO leaders find themselves in a position where they're having to justify the existence of the PMO. If you can't directly tie what you're doing as a PMO leader and in your organization, your PMO, to the outcomes and overall business strategy for the organization, then you're likely going to have a lot of trouble in making the case for your PMO or in continuing to get the budget and the support and the infrastructure you need to actually deliver on services and capabilities. Okay, so we're going to dig into these few techniques that I have to help you think more about measuring outcomes instead of outputs. And that starts with talking about what we're actually measuring in the first place. This week, I was with one of my clients and we were teaching PMP prep training. The PMP is the Project Management Professional Certification from the Project Management Institute, a globally recognized organization that has created this book called the Project Management Body of Knowledge and Associated Certification that helps project managers learn a common set of practices that can be used to manage projects. It also helps organizations speak the same language when they come together to talk about how they're doing projects in their organization. Now, one of the techniques that we dive deep into in this certification training is earned value management. And for those of you that are not familiar with earned value management, essentially what you're measuring is performance against a baseline for your schedule and your budget. The ironic thing about earned value management is that it doesn't actually measure value. EVM measures schedule performance and cost performance, but it doesn't really tell you anything about actual value. And it certainly doesn't tell you anything about impact. It doesn't measure the outcomes and whether those outcomes were actually achieved. But what will tell you is if you spend the money you were expected to spend by that amount of time, and they translate spend to scope accomplishment, but that's not necessarily even the same thing. So it is a good set of metrics to help you figure out, are you where you thought you were going to be at a certain point in time against your budget baseline and against your schedule baseline? It really doesn't tell you whether or not your customers are going to be happy, whether or not anyone's going to use the product or service or deliverable that you've created, and whether or not that product, service, deliverable, et cetera, actually works is actually set up to accomplish what it was intended to accomplish. Nor does it tell you whether or not the business objectives are actually achieved. And therein lies the challenge. 
EVM alone cannot tell your business leaders if they are going to achieve high-impact business outcomes for the work that was done. Only if that work will be done according to what you expected or planned from a cost and schedule perspective. So it's not that I'm saying don't use EVM. I'm just saying understand the gap in what EVM actually can provide for you and don't get so caught up in thinking, well, because we've got a tool that's measuring our value for us or because we are doing these metrics and reporting on these metrics that you're actually telling the whole story of what your business leaders truly care about. I got to tell you, no one cares about the triple constraint, the time, scope, and cost, or even the quality of those deliverables if they don't achieve the intended business outcomes. So here's a simple example. Let's say your project was to implement a new system. The reason your project's why the system is being implemented is to create a new revenue source for the organization. So imagine your project team is diligently delivering all the defined scope according to the originally determined timeline and even does all the work under budget. Even gold plates it, for example, which means to simply add more to it than was even within scope. Now, once that system is live, Everyone expects this big bang on that revenue number and it never happens. No one uses the system. It turns out that along the way, some key questions were missed that could have shifted that direction. Was the right due diligence done up front to determine if the market really needed that system? Did the project include the proper marketing and communications planning to introduce that new system to the market? When scope decisions were made, did the team go back to the business case to determine if these changes would affect the intended outcomes? The kinds of questions that you can ask here are super important, and there's countless questions that are often asked after a project outcome has failed. But at that point, the resources have been released, the money has been spent, and the time and energy and focus that could have been spent in other places is now gone. So what we need to be thinking about is that the project in this case did not realize its intended impact. In the eyes of the business stakeholders, this project is a failure. Even if the project team did quote unquote everything right according to EVM, even if the deliverables were time, scope, and cost achieved, that doesn't mean that the project actually achieved its intended goals. Now, a lot of people, remember when I talked about that yeah, but monster in an earlier episode? Start giving me the yeah, but monster stuff here. Yeah, but we're just the project managers. All we're responsible for is creating outputs. And first of all, speaking to the project managers, I think that's nonsense. Every single person that's on that project needs to understand why they're there in the first place and what the business goals are that need to be achieved. And then That has to be continuously iterated through every conversation to make sure that as decisions are being made, we are still aligning to those business goals. What probably happened on this project is that business leaders were saying, well, we need to make this change and we need to make that change. And the project manager who has been trained to manage that triple constraint so tightly didn't consider that maybe if we allowed additional changes here, we'd be able to shift the scope of this work to achieve the business outcomes we're looking for, not just create a bunch of outputs. 
You see, project managers are often focused so tightly on controlling change and not allowing change that they could miss the whole forest because they're staring at one tree. And in this case, if the business leaders are saying, hey, we've got this change we want to make and we really need to shift direction here, instead of the project manager fighting it, the project manager should be looking at ways to say, yes, we can do that and here's what it will take. Now, we'll dig into a lot more of this over time, but I just want to set your way of thinking, your mindset here around EVM and the triple constraint and why we need to be thinking more broadly about how we can actually get to the outcomes, not just the outputs. We have to close this gap between the perception of success that we have in managing projects and the business leaders and stakeholders and sponsors perception of success when it comes to actually achieving the outcomes. Remember, it's not about the deliverables, those outputs, if the outcomes are not achieved. And don't get me wrong, EVM is a great resource for measuring that project performance. The metrics that you can use, the formulas, the calculations are useful. And I do encourage you to study and apply those techniques and those metrics when and how it makes sense to do so. But that's not all we need to be measuring. We need to start measuring return on investment for our projects and the likelihood of that return being achieved throughout the life cycle of the project if we want to prove our worth as project managers and PMO leaders. So now let's extrapolate this to the PMO level. So the project managers are saying, yeah, but that's not where we're focused or we're moved on when the project's over or this just gets thrown over the fence to us. That's where the PMO can come in and really provide some unique value that maybe isn't really easy to do at the project level. So one, the PMO leader should have that strategic perspective. Even if your PMO is a tactically and functionally focused PMO, you should have a role in making sure that the projects that are happening are clearly aligned to those business benefits, the strategy of the organization. So you can actually look at the holistic big picture of that project and help facilitate the right conversations between the business leaders and the project managers, connecting those projects to the strategy, making sure everyone is understanding the business outcomes that are intended to be achieved, helping to act as an advocate for those projects and making sure that you're championing this concept of being aligned with the strategy and understanding the connectivity between those projects and the goals of the organization and you're around longer. So when it comes to the role the PMO can play, you can help facilitate that strategy definition process and making sure that all projects that come into the queue have this clearly defined business goals and the outcomes and that the business leaders are having those conversations with the project team members to talk about the business outcomes that are intended to be achieved. And then on the other side of that, you can stay around, you're around your business unit, not a project, right? So the PMO is around after the project is delivered and can do some work to actually measure that those outcomes are achieved for that project, which sometimes doesn't come on day one of project release, right? In the case of a system, if you have revenue goals that are only going to be achieved 
beginning once that system goes live, then it could take three months, six months, nine months, a year, more before you're actually going to know if the revenue goals were accomplished. Well, the PMO can have a role in helping to ensure that what I call the impact metrics, the outcome metrics, the return for the investment in that work is actually achieved. And your project team can be off working on other things, but the PMO can have a role to go back and measure at specific intervals of time whether or not those outcomes are achieved and feed all of that back into a lessons learned process that's then used to improve that return on investment or that impact realization for projects going forward. So think about how your PMO can play a role in helping to be that connectivity, that connective tissue between the different pieces of the organization and help ensure that everyone is aligned from the start of every project and having those right conversations and putting in place the right metrics so that you can actually look at things like return for investment over time. So now let's talk about the next piece in this puzzle, which is ROI. And I like to encourage you as a PMO leader to think of ROI, not triple constraint. There are many times and in many scenarios where because project managers and PMO leaders have been trained to be cost containment engines as opposed to impact engines, project managers are taught many techniques and spend a lot of energy and time preventing change to the triple constraint. We're always looking for ways to cut costs and not allow change and protect that golden triangle. Well, the challenge with that is that sometimes with those projects, they won't achieve any ROI unless the scope is modified or the timeline is shifted. And while your project team diligently delivers the project scope, someone is paying attention and realizes that you won't achieve that ROI if you don't make a change. So now comes that battle for protecting the baseline versus getting to intended impact. So let's say that the project will only be worth the investment if your company is first to market and your team is delivering scope and while they're delivering scope, you learn that a competitor is going to launch a competing product next month. So your business leaders find themselves between a rock and a hard place. They either have to protect that golden triangle and keep moving forward at the current pace, which means they won't be first to market or they've got to dump some scope and speed up the launch. And if success is defined by being first to market, then the answer is super clear. In this case, protecting the triple constraint would have made the project worthless in the eyes of the business stakeholders. So from a business perspective, and we're going to talk more about your role as a PMO leader in being a business leader, as opposed to a project leader, the answer is clear from a business perspective. If the most important thing is being first to market, then time of your triple constraint is far more important than scope. So we have to look for an MVP, a minimum viable product that can be delivered to market quickly more quickly than next month. And that means some of those other scope items will get cut. And you as a PMO leader and your organization can help to facilitate those conversations to ensure that we don't have project managers fighting to the death to maintain the golden triangle. And that battle is just wasting time that could be spent focusing on how might we get to the outcomes we're trying to achieve so that we can achieve the impact, the return on investment we're expecting. All right, now let's take another scenario. And this one might even be more common. The project is delivered on time and on scope, 
but budget at completion was $500,000, which was twice as much as originally planned. Think about that scenario. The maximum intended benefit to be achieved by that project deliverable was $600,000. So you say, okay, well, from an ROI perspective, we made $100,000. The budget of completion was $500,000 and the deliverables resulted in a net revenue, let's say, or a net cost savings of $600,000. So you're successful, right? Well, maybe and maybe not. First, once you consider the amount of time that was spent on this project, that money, that investment may not have been worth all of that lost time and effort because there could have been something else that you could have done with that time that could have yielded a higher return on investment. Think about the opportunity cost of doing this project over the others that could have been done and it could be that that wasted time, energy, political capital, banging your head up against the wall, and everything else that goes with implementing a project could have been better spent in an initiative that could have yielded a much higher ROI. So the Impact PMO leader has the mindset of an investor, and we're going to talk more about this when we get to transforming mindset, which is the sixth step in this Impact PMO leader framework. And when we talk about that, we'll dig into why I think as a PMO leader, you've got to have a different perspective around investments and the way your organization is making investments in projects and putting that first and forefront in your mind, in all of your conversations and in the services and capabilities you deliver for your organization. You understand that change in a project is okay, especially if what matters most is driving that high return on investment and outcome for the project. That's how you get impact. Now, when you're thinking about metrics, you've got to take a little bit of time to think about what actually should be measured. Because just because something can be measured doesn't necessarily mean that it should be measured. And you invest a lot of time and energy on metrics, on gathering data and on reporting that data and putting it in a way that can be interpreted and communicated and decisions made on it. And that's the most important point here is that when you're deciding what should be measured, you've got to think about, is this something worth measuring? Is this something that is actually going to drive an action or a decision? And if it does not drive an action or a decision, you shouldn't be measuring it in the first place. And that's really important when you think about how your team is spending energy to develop metrics. A lot of times I'll see PMO leaders building a huge list of all these metrics and I ask them, why are you doing this? And what they've done is fallen into this trap that is so common in the PMO space and that is to create a lot more than is necessary. A lot of us tend to equate quantity with value and quantity doesn't necessarily equal value. So if you find yourself adding more templates or steps in a process or metrics on a dashboard, ask yourself, why am I doing this? We think that adding more means better, but sometimes simplicity is best. And the more 
you put in front of your business leaders, the more they have to process in order to get to a place where they can give you an action or a decision or help you move things forward. So when you're thinking about what can be measured, think long and hard about whether or not this metric is actually going to help move the project forward, help move your people forward and get you closer to impact. Another thing to be thinking about is the quality of the metrics themselves. And I think it's really important that you ensure that your metrics are accurate. If you've ever walked into a meeting with a status report or a dashboard or a resource and you started reporting on status and someone pipes in with, well, that's not where we really are anymore because we were there, but since then we've been able to make such and such progress and now the information that you're reporting is wrong. Nobody looks good in that scenario. You as a PMO leader look like a fool because you don't have the right information and you immediately lose credibility. So it is super important that you make sure it's really easy and as frictionless and as automated as possible to contribute to and to disseminate the critical data points. Remember, we're knowing what should be measured first. So we've got to make it super simple to get those data points in front of the people that need them to make decisions. And it needs to be as real time as possible. So if you're measuring 500 different things, that's a lot of work, no matter what system you're using to gather that data, synthesize it, input that data, put it in front of stakeholders, etc. So make sure that you're thinking about what data must be in front of them and then you ensure that those metrics are accurate and make them as real time as possible so that when you do need to share that information with executives or people that are trying to drive decisions or make decisions for you that that information is correct so that you're not wasting time debating is this data even valid and losing credibility and trust from your stakeholders because you put the wrong data in front of them. Now, the last step in the impact PMO leader mindset framework for measuring outcomes is actually measuring the impact of the PMO itself. And while it is important to measure project progress and impact for those projects, we also need to measure impact of the PMO. If you define your success by the success of the projects you oversee, you might be selling your PMO short. Now in future episodes where we talk about making the case for a PMO, or we talk about how you have the right conversations about the PMO before it's set up, while you're setting it up, and then after when it's starting to deliver value, I will teach you a lot about telling the value story, the impact story of the PMO. So it will be critical for you to know how to have those right conversations about the PMO. And it's important to look across all of the services and capabilities that your PMO is delivering and evaluate each one of those for impact. Remember, it's not enough to have people that are busy. It's not enough to have a lot of different services and capabilities or templates or tools or process. Remember, it's not about the quantity. It's about the value and the way that you are helping people and changing lives that will matter most. So think about your PMO now and the services that you either are trying to set up or the ones that you're doing now. If your PMO provides project management services, that's great. 
you can absolutely evaluate how much impact each of those projects are creating under your leadership. But what else are you doing to drive impact? Are you growing organizational capability through project management education? Are you helping to drive better decision-making through portfolio oversight? Are you ensuring that the projects that are being done in the organization are the right projects to get the attention and focus and priority because they're so closely aligned with the strategy being delivered in the organization? Are you driving faster throughput, therefore getting to return on investment faster? Evaluate your portfolio of services and capabilities that you're delivering for the organization and define impact targets for those. Then create a framework to measure progress towards achieving those impact targets and the actual ROI achieved. And then it is super critical that you actually talk about it. You must have a strong communication strategy to share the outcomes of the services that you actually deliver for the organization. This helps you develop credibility and then get your additional funding and support when you need it for the next initiative or the next service that you want to provide. And it ensures that people understand the value the PMO is creating. So don't forget to spend time talking about and measuring and connecting your services and capabilities, not just to the number of projects you're managing, because the most important part of the story is actually in the impact you are creating for the organization and how you're helping the organization move forward, deliver on the strategic objectives. Okay. That's it for today. We have now gone through the second Impact PMO Leader Mindset. Our first one was Instill Focus, which was in episode 002. And now we have covered Measure Outcomes, which is episode 003. So make sure that you go to pmostrategies.com forward slash 003, where you can read the content of this episode and download the additional guidebook and resource to help you think through and put into place the techniques we've talked about today. And if you like what you're hearing, please take a minute to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating and review. I am going to be giving shout outs in future episodes to those that are leaving those reviews and we will all be sharing and talking about specific techniques that I cover in these episodes and sharing aha moments and ideas and talking about content that we'd like to see on future episodes inside our Facebook group called the PMO Strategies Podcast Facebook group. So definitely go check that out. Hit the subscribe button, leave a rating and review if you're enjoying what you're hearing on these podcasts. And I look forward to diving deep into the next step in the Impact PMO Leader Mindset with you next week, which is perform relentlessly to get it done. All right, that's it for today. Make sure to hit subscribe and I look forward to continuing the conversation with you next time. Have a great day.